Open your Bibles to Genesis chapter 11. The last time that we were together, we began to look at the descendants of Noah after the flood in Genesis chapter 10. Now we move on to uh, chapter 11 and the first nine verses, we will deal with the Tower of Babel. Uh, most people have heard this story and the rest of it will did. We will go into more uh descendants genealogies if you will so just uh, hang in there with me while we get through those but as for now turn to genesis 11 and read along genesis 11 now the whole world had one language and a common speech as men moved eastward they found a plain in shinar and settled there they said to each other come let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly they used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let's build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. This is the account of Shem. Two years after the flood, when Shem was a hundred years old, he became the father of Arphaxad, and after he became the father of Arphaxad, Shem lived five hundred years and had other sons and daughters. When Arphaxad had lived thirty-five years, he became the father of Shelah, and after he became the father of Shelah, Arphaxad lived four hundred three years and had other sons and daughters. When Shelah had lived thirty years, he became the father of Eber, and after he became the father of Eber, Shelah lived four hundred three years and had other sons and daughters. When Eber had lived thirty-four years, he became the father of Peleg, and after he became the father of Peleg, Eber lived four hundred thirty years and had other sons and daughters. When Peleg had lived thirty years, he became the father of Ru, and after he became the father of Ru, Peleg lived two hundred nine years and had other sons and daughters. When Ru had lived thirty-two years, he became the father of Sarag, and after he became the father of Sarag, Ru lived two hundred seven years and had other sons and daughters. When Sarag had lived thirty years, he became the father of Nahor, and after he became the father of Nahor, Sarag lived two hundred years and had other sons and daughters. When Nahor had lived twenty-nine years, he became the father of Terah, and after he became the father of Terah, Nahor lived a hundred nineteen years and had other sons and daughters. After Terah had lived seventy years, he became the father of Abram. Nahor, and Haram. This is the account of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarai was barren. She had no children. 
Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years, and he died in Haran. Now, the scripture tells us that everyone spoke the same language, as we see in verse 1. Now, the whole earth used the same language and the same words. Uh, the uh, word whole, Hebrew word 3606, means totality. In other words, every person on the earth spoke the same language, whatever language that was. Now, we see in verse 2 that they traveled east. Verse 2 says, and it came about as they journeyed east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. Shinar, Hebrew word 8152, means country of two rivers. And those two rivers are the Euphrates and the Tigris. This land they settled in was in Babylonia, which is modern day Baghdad that is in Iraq. Now, the people came up with a plan. We see that in verse 3. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone and they used tar for martyr. Uh, now, we see that they come up with a plan of uh, how they're going to come up with a building. That tells you the intelligence that the Lord gave men and uh, what happens when everybody was all on the same page, speaking the same language, they could communicate and they had all the same thoughts. Now, the humans uh, want to do something spectacular. And we see that in verse four. And they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Thus, we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. The word name, Hebrew word 8034 means reputation. And I want to cross reference uh, this verse right here uh, with 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 13. So turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 8. Second Samuel chapter eight, verse 13, which reads. So David made a name for himself when he returned from killing 18,000 Arameans in the valley of salt. So I want to point that out again. So David made a name for himself or a reputation the same uh, as the people are doing here in uh, Genesis 11, four. Now. Uh, Jehovah comes down, verse 5, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Verse 6 says, the Lord sees what kind of trouble mankind could get in if they all speak the same language. In verse 6, and the Lord said, behold, they are one people and they all have the same language. And this is what they begin to do. And now nothing which they purpose to do will be impossible for them. So the Lord is looking at what's going on and he realized, uh, I don't think this is a good thing. I think he realized the evil that can go on. So now the Godhead comes down again in verse seven. Come, let us go down 
uh, and go down and they're confused their language that they may not understand one another's speech. And it was so. Here is where humans begin to speak different languages. Verse eight. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Okay, uh, there are 6,500 languages in the world, and I believe uh, this is where they get their birth from at this very moment in time. Verse 9 says the city uh, was called Babel. We read verse 9. Notice verse 9. Therefore, its name was called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the whole earth. When it says the Lord scattered Hebrew word 6327, the people, I believe uh, he literally told them what land to go to. Uh, my understanding of the word, that's what happened there. He literally uh, sh- uh, told them what direction they could go in. Now, when we get to verse 11, uh, we get to the point here uh, is this is where we will focus on Peleg, who is the ancestor of Abram. Verse 11. Uh, I'm sorry, I skipped verse 10. Uh, In verse 10, we get a reminder of Shem's lineage. Sorry, go back with me to verse 10. These are the records of the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old and became the father of Arphaxad two years after the flood. And remember, we talked about this in chapter 10. Now we will read verse 11. Shem lived 500 years after he became the father of Arphaxad and he had other sons and daughters. Now, this is where we get to the ancestors of Peleg, who was an ancestor of Abram. Now, we have a more descendants, so I am going to read verses 12 through 17. Our fact shed lived 403, uh, I'm sorry, 403 years, and he became the father of Shalah, and he had other sons and daughters. And Shalah... And Shalah lived uh, 30 years and became the father of Eber. And Shalah lived 403 years and he became the father of Eber. And he had other sons and daughters. Eber lived 34 years and became the father of Peleg. And Eber lived 430 years after he became the father of Peleg. And he had other sons and daughters. Now here we begin the ancestors of Abram in verse 18. Peleg lived 30 years and became the father of Ru. All right. And verse 19 says Peleg lived 209 years after he became the father of Ru and had other sons and daughters. Now, uh, Verse 20 says, Ru lived 32 years and became the father of Shereg, okay, which I didn't get much on him. Verse 21, Ru lived 207 years after he became the father of Shereg and had other sons and daughters. Verse 22, we get to Nahor, which I didn't really find anything on. We notice verse 22, Shereg lived 30 years and became the father of Nahor. And in 23, Shereg lived 200 years after he became the father of Nohor and had other sons and daughters. So now we are just beginning to see how people are spreading about across uh, the land. Now, uh, here we meet Abram's father, Terah, which is in verse 24. And it reads, Nahor lived 29 years and became the father of Terah. 
and uh, we see Tara has three sons. And the whore lived 119 years after he became the father of Terah and had other sons and daughters. And Terah lived 70 years and became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. We see Terah's generation plus Lot is introduced in verse 27. Now, these are the records of the generations of Terah. Terah became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran became the father of Lot. If you uh, know the Bible, you know that uh, Lot is going to uh, play a part in some of the coming chapters. Haran dies, verse 28. And Haran died in the presence of his father, Terah, in the land of his birth, in Ur, of the Chaldeans. When it says he died in his father's presence, it meant he was put to death. Ur of the Chaldeans is in southern Babylonia, which is modern day Iraq. This is also where the Garden of Eden may have been. Of course, that's alleged. Uh, many uh, archaeologists and uh, 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 Bible theologians have searched this out, but you know, that's just to uh, be alleged. Verse 29, Terah's other two sons get married. Abram and Nahor took wives for themselves. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and Isha. And Isha. Uh, Sarai could not have... Uh, I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Nahor's wife, Milcah, was his niece. Uh, his dead brother Haran's daughter and Sarai Abram's wife was his half sister now we see in verse 30 that Sarai cannot have children verse 30 says and Sarai was barren she had no children now uh, Terah packs up his family in verse 31 and, when it, and it reads and Terah took Abram his son and Lot the son of Haran his grandson and Sarai his daughter-in-law his son Abram's wife and they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan and they went as far as Haran and settled there uh, so it's, so they went about 764 miles to Canaan and in verse 32 uh, Terah, uh, meet, uh, Terah meets his end in his new home verse 32 in the days of Terah I'm sorry, were 205 years and Terah died. So now the father of Abram passes away after he moves his family out. That brings us to the end of Genesis chapter 11. Now, how I want to end uh, this chapter is I have a, uh, a video clip. It's a couple of minutes long about uh, skin uh, color and the races and where they come from. And I thought it would be appropriate to do at the end of this chapter since it began with the Tower of Babel and which talked about people speaking the same language and then the Lord confused their language and now we have the 6,500 languages that are in the world today. This kind of gives us an example of not necessarily the languages, but this clip more talks about uh, where we come from uh, and how we are all one. Regardless of your skin complexion, we are all one. We are all one under the same God who created the same man from dust, who when you trace it back, no matter what continent you live on in this day and age, all goes back to Adam. He's our father. 
Eve was our original mother and we all come from the same people. Uh, I apologize that I can't give the gentleman credit because I pulled this off of YouTube in sometime in 2015. I don't know when you will hear this, but I forgot to uh, not uh, jot down his name and uh, so I can give him credit. But uh, I will play the clip. God bless you. See you next time. I hear this one a lot. How can there be so many races in the world if we are all descendants of Adam and Eve? Well, check this out. First off, let's talk about the word race. Sometimes when people use the word, they mean supposed races of people who have evolved at different times, rates, and in different locations. That's not true. Of course, the word race is also a term we use to distinguish between groups with different physical traits, namely skin color. But are there really different races? Take a gander at Acts 17.26 where it is written that God, from one man, made every nation of men. It's clear then that the Bible teaches that there is one race, the human race. The Bible is also clear that all people on the earth are descendants of Adam and Eve who were created by God. Check Genesis 1.26-28. Easy enough. God created two people in his image, male and female, and told them to increase in number. So, Adam and Eve are mom and dad of the human race. Then, their children had children, and those children had children, and so on and so forth for many generations until, according to Genesis 6.9, the world's population was reduced to eight people who were protected inside an ark during a global flood. And those eight people later walked off the ark, and according to Genesis 9.19, from them came the people who were scattered over the earth. Oh, wait a second. What do I mean scattered? Well, jump over to Genesis 11 and let's talk about an event known as the Tower of Babel. Basically, because of the sinful actions of the descendants of Noah, the Lord confused their language and scattered them from there over all the earth. That's pretty clear and concise. Okay, so we've got lots of people who are descendants of the eight folks who came off the ark, and now they have been scattered all over the earth. That explains that we are still one race and that different groups of people ended up in different locations. But how do we get a bunch of different colored people if we are all one race? Well, follow along. This, of course, is a simplified explanation, but the basic principles are true. We all have a pigment in our bodies called melanin, which, depending on different variables, produces different shades of the one main skin color we all possess. Several genes control the amount of melanin produced and thus the variability in the skin shade. In fact, it's easy for one couple to produce a wide range of skin shade variability in just one generation, as we'll see in just a moment. Time for a quick genetics lesson. DNA is the molecule of heredity that is passed from parents to children. A child inherits 23 chromosomes from each parent. Each chromosome pair contains hundreds of genes which regulate the physical development of the child. However, to illustrate basic genetic principles pertaining to the topic, we'll just talk about two genes, the genes that control the production of melanin. So, let capital A and capital B symbolize versions of the gene that code for large amounts of melanin, while little a and little b code for small amounts. Got it? Easy. Check this out. Take a look at the upper left. Let's say dad contributes capital A, capital B genes, and mom contributes capital A, capital B genes as well. Together, they will produce a child with capital A, capital A, capital B, and capital B. This is a kid with a lot of melanin, and thus he will have very dark skin. Easy to see. Here's the bigger point, though. Let's say dad contributes capital A, capital B, and mom contributes little a and little b. Well, the child's skin will be middle brown shade, the combination of capital A, little a, and capital B, little b, which, by the way, represents a majority of the world's population. Not only that, but if each parent is capital A, little a, capital B, little b, the combinations that could be produced in their children could result in a very wide range of skin shades in just one generation. So... Since Adam and Eve were the first people ever, it makes sense to conclude that God placed in them a combination of genes that could produce all different shades of skin we see. Those same combinations would be present in Noah and the seven other people who boarded the ark. 
And because God dispersed people at the Tower of Babel, he dispersed the population, thereby isolating gene pools in the different people groups. Over time, different cultures formed in different locations with certain features like skin shade becoming predominant. And here we are today. And since we all go back to Noah and his family, it makes sense that we are all different shades of brown. One race, multiple people groups, just like the Bible teaches. Simplified for sure, but enough said.